This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Hopefully this is an episode where people can come in and like, I'm, I'm going to bet that this is going to be an episode where people are like, you're crazy. Or people are like, oh, you got me really thinking about this stuff. And, and right. So, um, but time flies. Look, we, we got to go to our lightning round. So let, let, let's let's yeah. kick this off. Our lightning round presented by Data.World. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm excited. Number one. Should your business logic live in DBT? No. Do I get to elaborate? Yes, elaborate. If you'd like, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, so DBT is designed for technical people. And so if your business logic exists in DBT, then it's owned by engineers. And like engineers are, so this, the problem I experienced at Muse, um, so Muse, just for context, is like a CRM plus an ERP in one system for the hospitality industry. And our like our customers were going berserk about the fact that their accounting logic had been decided by software engineers. It was literally, it started as a Czech company. And it was like these Czech engineers went and picked up like a Czech accounting book. And and we're like, yeah, this kind of checks out. Like, let's implement this. And then the hotelier accountants were looking at it and they're like, this doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense in France or the UK or Germany or the US. And like, because the accounting logic was owned by engineers. And DBT is the same thing. It's just like your business logic and consequently your business itself ends up being owned by analytics engineers who don't understand the business. So no, your business logic should not live in DBT. It should live in a platform that is owned by business users. Mm, interesting. All right. Second uh, lightning round question. Does the business logic get developed by the act of creating the metrics and the dashboarding? Or do you think it's going to happen some other way? Uh, I, I think there's two separate things. One is like creating business logic to operate a process. And then one is creating, and then like there's a second thing, which is creating metrics to measure whether the things you did to the process actually impacted the performance of the process. So I don't really think of metrics as being synonymous with business logic at all. Like I, business I'm... logic to me is like, I have invoices and payments and I need to figure out some way to allocate the payments to the invoices because there's lots of different ways that I could do like assignments. That's like business logic. That has nothing to do with a metric. A metric is like, what's the time it takes to repay the invoice? Yeah, the, 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 I'm hundred percent with you on this, and I think connected to your previous point of like it shouldn't be in DBT. Like, I think mm. in, an implementation of that could be in DBT. It could be in so many other things, right? The definition of that should be somewhere else, and then and then you implement it. And then at the end, I think a metrics is going to be the 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 logic over that business logic or, or for what you're measuring. Mm. Right? Measuring logic, which goes over that business logic, and the business logic effectively is going to be that semantic layer. But anyways, I'm. I'm, 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 this is your lightning round, not mine. I feel like this is kind of actually controversial, like business logic. Oh, no. Have I said something controversial? Well, this is the whole point. I would love to, like, this would be an awesome panel. Like, get a, get a, get some, get a DBT analytics engineer people in here. Like, well, we'll have some interesting crap because it's like a breakout session. Things of gossip. I think this is a freaking honest, no BS. Like this is the word we need to be. So like, I, I almost worked at DBT. And then I was like, do you know what? 
I don't believe in their mission or their product. So no. I love it. We have such a super honest, no BS episode. Thank you. For that. All right. Third, third question. Third question. Self-service analytics. Will it be replaced, disappeared, or is it going to be augmented? Whew. Um, so the, the honest answer is I think what people are calling self-service analytics today, i.e. let's call it, you know, Tableau largely, like 70% of Tableau deployments are requiring self-service operations. So I think that like that part will be replaced. I think Tableau will continue to be the best in class for like management intelligence reporting. Like that Tableau will be used for like your CEO dashboards, but I don't think it'll be used for your frontline operations, like data work. That's fair. Okay. So it's not going to completely go away, but there's still, there's, uh, there's still a, a use for it, but it, uh, a lot of it's going to change. Um, yeah. All right. Last lightning round question for you. So I, I love your product background. Obviously, I, I have a lot of product background and um, I'm super excited around this topic around data, product managers, analytics, product managers. Despite my excitement, do not let that bias your response. Do you think that data and analytics product managers is a role that we need? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I actually think it's the it's the so I think if you look at what did self-service analytics do to the job market, it it kind of gave rise to data engineering as a field. It like birthed it out of IT departments. And I think that analysts today are going to transform into data product managers as a result of this shift to like more self-service operations, because that, that will be the more critical role is like, how can you go in and figure out how to use data to improve a process as opposed to just like finding insights in the data and like emailing them to management to then do something with it. Mm, interesting. I'm, I'm super intrigued by the statement that analysts will shift into data product managers. Yeah, it's got a lot of things going around. On yeah. Now. You, you, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of your comments are things that I was like not expecting. I'm, I'm happily. Really? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. That's oh, that's interesting. I always think that my ideas are like uh, not very forward thinking or like unique. They're, they're, I mean, they're definitely very different. Uh, and, and I mean, the, the honest thing, that's why I think like, I really enjoyed all your your, your interactions, I mean, not everything you run on LinkedIn, I agreed with, uh, but that's, I mean, we don't need to always agree. Well, that'd be boring. Um, that would be boring. Diversity of thought. Diversity yeah, of the, the goal is to break the mold here, right? If all we do is just say yeah. data mesh and DBT and, you know, all those things, then, you know, that, that'd that be boring. We got to break the mold. All right, Tim, takeaway times. All right. Taken away with my takeaways. So um, we really started off with, some of the problems uh, around self-service analytics and how we really need to move away from sort of the previous paradigm, which has been very centralized and not super effective ultimately in being able to create you know, value for, for all audiences, um, that we need to rethink that a little bit. And we, we started off by talking about how self-service analytics often in, in today's world creates this backlog of requests. Um, and, and it just constantly goes up, but never goes down. 
Um, and self-service really isn't happening that easily. There's a lot of like waiting on IT and waiting on, you know, the data teams to have to help you. Um, ultimately, the biz doesn't care about self-service, though. They really care about operations and, and self-service mm -hmm. analytics got taken out of context. It was really about shifting the power from the technologists to the people, to, to the analysts, and, and ultimately the goal was to get it to the business. And you talked about sort of three different audiences. There's more of your business operators, there's more of your sort of the process, and then there's more of the measuring the process. Mm -hmm. And analysts um, have focused on designing um, and measuring the processes, so sort of the last two. Um, mm -hmm. But that first one, the business operators aren't actually being served that well. And so what mm -hmm. happens, lots of one-off requests, business logic, tons of it getting embedded into Tableau reports and things like that. Um, and so that means business logic is in the analytics tools, huge red flag. That was a really big takeaway here. Um, we live in this Google era and data is not just like that from a UX perspective. And so you said, we don't yet have an appreciation that data engineering is actually more complex than software engineering which I thought was mm -hmm. a very interesting way to think of this problem. We're failing to apply product management principles around data. If you got 10,000 Tableau dashboards, that's probably a big problem, a big red flag. Uh, and uh, it's a question that a user is asking and others will be asking the same question, then that's operations. And that's sort of the self-service operations approach. So mm -hmm. tons more stuff, but that was some of my takeaways there. Juan, what about you? All right. Well, obviously this whole self-service governance that I'm going to, after this episode, I'm going to call out some folks on LinkedIn saying, all right, listen to this. I want to get your input, but again, it is inspired by, by Clive Benford, you mentioned, and which Clive, I think is going to be a guest yeah. in, a, in a month. Um, the collaboration shouldn't be something defined by IT. It should be something driven by the business because this collaboration is critical for innovation. And he said, it's impossible to model all the ways people need to collaborate on active directory. Like in a way it's like, we got to embrace the chaos somehow. Like, and, and mm. it, you made a really strong st statement that that Tim and I were back to. I was like, is this really true? Spreadsheet data has some of the highest level of security. And I think at the end of the day, the owners have a high degree of incentive not to screw up. They want to get fired. So they don't, they won't do anything bad or, or email it out. I mean, and guess what? We are doing self-service governance today. It's already happening. And if you look at the finance industry, which runs completely on spreadsheets, they do it, they do it fairly well, you can argue. Um, so our governance is really should be more about ownership instead of control. Again, because mm -hmm. people know they'll get fired if they share data. Like we, we need to go like these are the incentives they already have. And I like we talked about decentralizing accountability is more important than decentralizing like who's writing those SQL queries. And then mm -hmm. talking about like the self-service operations, right? I think mean, one one of the things is that as we mentioned before, hey, if your analytics software like Tableau is really a calculation engine for the operations. You need to pull out that logic, Karine. So the question is, how can business operators own that business logic better than if it's in Excel, better than it's in Tableau? And the issue mm -hmm. is that you don't want the IT to own that business logic because then they would own your decision making. Hence the reason why you said yeah. you don't want that business, log the, the business logic to be in DBT because that means that those engineers would be owning your decisions. Yeah. All right. How did we do? What did we miss? This, I like, I'm amazed at your ability to synthesize and summarize. You've clearly done this like 130 times. <laughs> we have. I'm so impressed. That's well, I mean, we, we do a, we, well, first of all, thank you very much. I mean, I think we, I'll be very honest. Tim and I, I think, are very proud of our techniques to 
on the fly summarize, but we will not be replaced by chat GPT. You will not. <laughs> no. <laughs> as, as you tell everybody, we just repeated what you said. So thank you very much for all this very insightful uh, discussion we had. And, 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 and you have fans. Like, I think I mentioned that I don't agree with a lot <laughs> of you, but Doug here is saying he's like, agrees with you. So, <laughs> all right. So, Bethany, to wrap us up, uh, three questions. What's yep. your advice about data, about life? Second, who should we invite next? Clive's already invited, so another name putting you on the spot. And three, what are the resources that you follow? People, blogs, yep. podcasts, conferences, books, whatever. All right, cool. So I've already forgotten the first one. <laughs> What's <laughs> your advice? Right My advice. Oh, yes. I'm going to go for advice on life. Uh, don't settle. Don't settle. Um, I think, yeah, like back in November, I had a lot of job offers. They were good job offers, but they weren't like, I wasn't like, yes, I can love this company for 20, 10 years kind of job offers. And so I was like, hmm, I'm going to, I'm going to say no to all of them and just like venture out into the unknown and see what happens. And, and I've like found like my dream team, dream product, dream mission. Um, and it was like very scary and very risky but like so worth it to be, to be here now. Um, so yeah, don't settle. That's my life advice. Uh, next one, who do I recommend for the podcast? Um, Caroline Zimmerman. She was one of my former clients and then um, became a very good friend and uh, is just brilliant on all things data strategy and how do you drive value with data? Uh, how do you enable collaboration between the quants and the poets as she calls it? So I think, um, she would be super interesting to have as a guest on the um, pod, the, the show. And then who do I like? Yeah. Resources. I guess I'll just mention, uh, yeah, some people to follow. Like Mike Rennick is super interesting in data. I don't know if you follow him, uh, but, but I recommend, I recommend him. And then Caroline Zimmerman, follow her, Clive Benford, follow him. Uh, they're, they're all three really interesting people for, uh, some of the more like organizational people process strategy aspects of data. So, so there we I go. Followed Caroline Zimmerman and Mike Rennick. Uh, and I highly recommend Clive right now. I mean, everything that he's posting is just, he's on a roll right now. Right? He's on a roll right now. He's on a roll. Bethany, this was awesome. Uh, we went on so many different areas and we challenged ourselves. Uh, thank you very much for having this honest, no BS conversation with us. Thank you so much. All right. Take Cheers. care, guys. All right. Cheers. Bye.